Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hundred and sixty job titles in the office administration profession. 160. 160. So this is the challenge again, is is why do we base who you are on your title? And why do we position you as to the title you're given? We can't deny the top heaviness of, of men in the workplace still. Is that the biggest complaint you hear from your colleagues? Yeah. You're listening to Short Black with me, Sandra Sully. Good women, great chat. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome to Short Black Michelle Bowditch, who's the founder of Door 20A. Now, what's Door 20A, you ask? It's a tech consulting agency supporting women in business and executive assistants to accelerate their careers to the next level. Door 20A, what an unusual name. How did you come up with that one? Funny story. A bunch of girls, my favourite friends, creative brains, sitting in the backyard drinking a big glass of wine and, and we came up with it because I was at a stage in my life where, you know, left the corporate world went out on myself as a business owner and found myself knocking on doors and they weren't all opening at the same time. So door 28, it's not about the first or 20th door that opens and closes on you. It's about the A team that you journey with along the way. And I think I've learned so much about having, you know, my tribe, my cheerleaders. And, you know, I love that we can create something in the tech world and make it fun and engaging and make it useful in our business. The tech world is where it's at and it's pretty hard to keep up. How do you keep up? Well, it's funny, this uh, platform called Clubhouse, I'm absolutely loving it. It was birthed in 2020 and I found when we went into lockdown that not being able to travel, go to events, you know, and I'm a tech person that needs to touch and feel it. So You want to use it and make sure it works. Yeah. And Clubhouse is fantastic because, you know, I can jump into a room, as they call it, and, you know, someone from Silicon Valley can be there and um, telling me all about it. And they're quick, short snappets. So for me at the moment, Clubhouse is my little thing. It's been a thing for a while. It's changed over the time, but I'm loving what it does and, and how I can engage globally if I can't quite get there. And then, you know, training modules and, and we're back face to face again. So it's fantastic to be able to learn. Now, you mostly work with executive assistants, but as you say, it's all about tech. What are the hot tech platforms at the moment that people need to know about if they're in business? It's been an interesting journey over the last two years about what we've needed in our tech toolkit. And look, I would say at the moment, if you're a small business owner, SME or executive assistant, you need to have an efficiency platform. So how's your Microsoft Teams using on your desktop versus your phone? So a great example is, Sandra, if we all run late for meetings, you can join the Microsoft Teams platform on your phone and you can click two buttons and it'll go straight to your desktop as soon as you get back to your desktop. So for an EA, that's such a great tool to have. As a business owner, you need to have um, a great accountancy platform. So Zero is my hero and we need to know our numbers in business. So how do we do that? And it works fantastic on our phone as well as on our desktop. And I think also small business owners, we need to figure out the right scheduling tool for us because 
we want to be so connected these days. So, you know, what are you using? There's so much choice out there. And I think when we choose something for our tech toolkit, we need to make sure that it integrates and talks to our tech platforms that are working for us. So if we've got something that works for us, you know, when you need something new in your tech toolkit, go and find something that talks to each other. Don't go and get something that the Kardashians or someone else said on Twitter or Facebook that you need to use. Find something that suits you. And there's so much choice out there these days. I've been hearing for years that email is dead. I don't use it that much anymore. I mean, it's got to be a quick text. You just don't have time for it. Is that true in your world? 110%. So my crazy friend said to me about 18 months ago, I said to them, I'm not sending any more emails unless it's business critical. And I always use that. Unless it's business critical, don't put it in an email. And I started sending them voice to audios in text messages and they, they were freaking out going, what is this? And I just found it was so much quicker. So like with Instagram and LinkedIn, like, you know, in the corporate world, if I'm connecting with new people that I met from across the room and I couldn't have a chat with, I'll send them a DM via voice in LinkedIn. And every day they go to me that I did not know that existed. So hang on, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you go into your messages in LinkedIn and you hit a button like a microphone button and you just talk. Okay. And I just find also in a text message, like an email, the grammar, like whether you're using an exclamation mark or you're using capital letters, people can get offended and you don't always get your message across. So we want to hear who you are. And I think when you send a voice message via the audio or the messaging service, we can hear the passion, the excitement, the fear. You know, it changes the way that we converse with people. So that's my way. Yes, I'm emails. If someone sends me an email, I respond in a text message and it frustrates them sometimes. But equally, a lot of my friends and colleagues don't even listen to voicemails. Like they just want a text. Yeah, same with me. So how does that work with LinkedIn then if you leave a voice message? Well, you go into the app. So it's actually, it comes up in the app. As a text. As a text. Well, you listen to it. Yep. And I'm saying I won't go to, I get my assistant to listen to my messages on my phone every couple of days to catch up because people know that I don't listen to them. So hang on, you champion executive assistants yep. and you've got an assistant. Yes, she's called the chief wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> so are you very nice to your assistant because, you know, you're out here yeah. making uh, the world a better place for EAs and uh, business managers. So how hard was it to find the right assistant? You must have had a pretty high bar. I did. And, you know, I was very specific in what I wanted the individual to do. And I just put it on my Instagram stories. I need a VA, but I would like them, a VA as a virtual assistant, but I would like them to be based in Sydney at some point if we do come back to the office. And I needed them to know certain tech platforms, obviously. So if you didn't know those platforms, and I wasn't going to teach you, so it was a non-negotiable. And Jen's an incredible lady. She had two babies during lockdown, so obviously she was pregnant and then has another one. And she works three days in the business, and, and we're very flexible. She knows my style. She knows my passion. But I think in the same instant, I wanted certain skills in the role. And I was very, I, I, you can call yourself whatever you want, but I wanted those skill sets. And then, you know, with any type of skill, it goes with the tasks that then you have to perform. So she's incredible. Um, she's just about to have another job. <laughs> Deep breath. Yes. But I am hearing there's an explosion in virtual assistance. And I guess it's not just because of COVID, but it's introduced and guaranteed flexibility for all of us from both sides of the fence. How big is the virtual assistant world? It is absolutely out of control. And, and you know, there's some positives and negatives with it. And as, you know, an advocate for the profession, I am encouraged to see that you know, we get to a point in our life where we can either keep going up the career ladder or we want a change of lifestyle because, you know, we're sick of commuting into the city and that 55 or an hour and a half travel time. 
And what they've done is they've been able to say, well, I've got the confidence and courage. I've been in this role for so long. I'm now going to go out and work from home. What infrastructure do I need around me? And we're seeing more and more the title of OBM, which is Online Business Manager. And the VAs also, I'm finding that the great VAs, they're staying in their lane. They're being true to who they are and the expertise that they bring to the table. And so many businesses are doing it. I'm seeing a shift also that you might have been a VA before, but your person that you're supporting, like Jen, for example, she doesn't call herself a VA. She calls herself a chief wrangler. And you see people now taking back on the executive assistant title. So I think all in all, for me in the administrative space, it's not about your title. It's about the skills that you have and the expertise and then the tasks that you perform for the person that you're supporting, which I think we need to go back to because we're looking it's talking about the great resignation and the whole return to work and the hybrid model and all this. And I think no matter what we do, we're incredible human beings. So use the skill set and the expertise that you have, take it to the table, support someone in the way you want to, and then you can have whatever title you like. So the VA space is at a massive growth, but I think there needs to be a little bit of a corral um, controlling because there's some VAs out there that, you know, they know one thing, but they're doing a hundred things. And I don't honestly believe they're doing it in the right way. So just stay in your lane. Stay true to who you are, offer the areas of expertise that you're good at, and you'll be amazing. I've always believed that, um, you know, the boss's EA, the admin assistant in the old days, they were dismissed. These days, they are the eyes and ears of the office, mm. the keeper of all secrets, and they're the boss's best intelligence. Yeah. They shouldn't be rumour mongering, but the smart ones play it well, don't they? They do. And they're incredible, incredible human beings. And I do call them leaders because they are true leaders. And we sometimes forget about these ones. Like you just pick up the paper any day and there's a CEO in the headlines about something that's going on in the business. And, and you know, for me, I see that CEO, the pain that they're going through or the mistake that they made. And I have the empathy to say, I'm sorry. But the first thing I do is think of their, their right-hand person, their, their business partner, their magician of the, of the business. And make that call, send that message and say, hey, are you okay? Because for them to be supporting that CEO or that executive leader or whoever it may be, they've been the backbone of it. They've been supporting, they've been on that journey. So they're feeling the pain. They've probably been watching the castle crumble. Yes. And the leader hasn't actually been listening. Yeah. And we're seeing a big burnout in that space as well at the moment, Sandra, to be honest. I have some concerns, you know, so we're trying to, everyone's on this mental health journey and we forgot about these individuals. Mm. They're in the background. They're not in the media. They're not in the spotlight. And the CEO gets up at 7 a.m. in the morning, but their support person, executive assistant, you know, chief of staff, they're up two hours before. The CEO goes to bed at 9 o'clock. They're still working at night. They're still arranging those international travel arrangements and sorting out their life. And I think we have to support them more And we have to recognise their abilities and their skills because they are leaders and they deserve the seat at the boardroom table. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to be recognised. And creating the Admin Awards was a no-brainer. I wanted to congratulate you about that because you've set up the Australian Administration or Administrative Awards and you just set that up in 2021. So you're in the middle of COVID and you launch another aspect of your business. Mm. But why did you do that? I know you champion EAs, but why do you think they need that structural recognition? When uh, we first went into the pandemic, the administrative space, so the office managers and the receptionist, they were the first jobs to be cut. And the business just went click, done, gone, see you later. There was no thought in the process. And, you know, I watched it occur halfway through 2020 and then we kind of got a bit of a 
momentum back at the beginning of 2021. And then, you know, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, we went into that hard lockdown in July of 2021. And again, those jobs were hit and cut. It was kind of unfair. Mm. They'd worked so hard. You know, a lot of admin professionals had to pivot in their roles. And I use this word pivot, but, you know, they had to change. You know, they went from filling up the photocopier, filling up the tea canisters, having those water cooler conversations to now rolling out tech platforms, tech tools for the business. And there was no recognition. It was just expected. I chair an EA circle, as you know, and most of them in the last two years are working harder than they have ever worked in their life. You know, they're not considered eligible for a break. They've got to be at everyone's beck and call. They work really long hours. Mm. And then the worst part about it is because they're considered an EA or an office secretary, which is such a, you know, an annoying term because it's, it's almost said with such a dismissive inflection and yet they keep the place running. They do. They're the magicians of the business. You know, they've got the solution to the problem before the problem occurs. They're amazing human beings. And I think this is the thing is with the burnout that's happening and the mental health that's coming as a top priority, creating the admin awards for me was we needed to recognise these individuals. I sit back and look today, we have 27 finalists in nine categories and we've got these individuals range from early 20s up to mid 50s. And, you know, again, it emphasised to me, and I'd like to highlight one individual, when we don't focus on the titles, but we focus on the skills that these individuals bring to the business and the tasks they perform, they're incredible leaders. Like this individual, she's in her late 20s. She lives in North Queensland. Her title is Site Operations Coordinator. She manages four power stations for APA Group. And during the lockdown, she had to roll out Microsoft Teams. Oh, yeah. All the IT issues with people struggling remotely and then she's meant to be uh, the, the plug-in guru. Yeah. And then I just see the feedback that I get when I go and meet these finalists and congratulate them, the emotion that's there. And, you know, they just say, I've never been recognised. And for me to create something simple like this, I mean, it's not simple creating a business and birthing a business, but it's just we sometimes forget to be kind. We sometimes forget to value our employees and we have to. And, and these individuals, you know, male, female, young, old, black, white, whatever it is, they bring something to the table for an organisation that makes a difference. Now, not every assistant wants a seat at the board table and the career paths vary greatly. Yeah. I know plenty of EAs who are now business managers, along with the CEO, have found that seat at the board table. But that initial harumph from colleagues that, you know, who do you think you are? Why do you think, you know, your voice should be at the board table? What do you say when you get that sort of rejection or that kind of tone in someone's voice? Because it's not right for everyone. It isn't right for everyone. Um, Look, I think we've all got our own stories as individuals. And I think when someone is giving you a negative comment or feedback or positioning you as a certain stereotype, something going on in their crazy world. (laughs) It's their problem. It's their problem. So I think it's providing these administrative professionals with more confidence, whether you are the office manager or the executive assistant, wherever you're placing, providing them the confidence that when someone does give them a negative comment or, you know, we often hear, you know, I hate this word, you're just such and such. Yes. How do you respond as a human being to you're just that or you're not good enough? So for me, it's providing these individuals with that confidence so they can step up, whether they want to sit at the boardroom table or they want to step up and just say, that's not what I do. But it's a confidence thing. 
Speaking of confidence, is that one of the many roadblocks many women in business face? 110% because, you know, they're told they can't do it or they don't have the ability or they don't come from an education that they've been provided with to do that or you don't have enough money in the bank, you know, and I think it's, it's you having the passion in your belly, having your cheerleaders around, as I call them, to cheer you on, to support you along that journey and having the right business coaches, mentors, you know, hanging out with the right crowd. Your world is your oyster. But I think the thing is we're all going to get negative feedback. We're all going to lack confidence as individuals. It happens to me, you know. had a bit of a stump early this year and had to pick myself up again. But it's how you come out of that. And I think it's making yourself and others aware that when you do get in that lower season or that gully that you go lower than you should before, how do you come out of that? And what support mechanisms, whether it be a podcast, a book, you go get a coach, a mentor, you join the EA circle, whatever it is, it's how you do it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now let's go back a bit. You know, you grew up in a pro-golfing family, a single mum to three teenagers, a wine and food lover, and then you also worked in sports management. So, you know, you honed your skills across a number of areas with experience across a number of businesses as well. Then you launch Door 20A. What has that experience brought to the table for you in helping you launch a business, do you think? I think for me, launching, you know, birthing as I call it, birthing the Australian Admin Awards in September 2021 was the biggest fear for me from a financial perspective because the financial structure that I needed to invest in this business was very different to Door 20A. And I think it was for me, it was, I was so, so passionate. Like the stories that I was hearing, the text messages I was receiving day in, day out, I've lost my job. This has happened. This is the third job I lost during the pandemic. And I'm going, but you're an incredible person. You actually don't deserve this. So my passion and my belly was on fire. So I think when you are passionate about something as much as what I was, it was an easy transaction to happen. I mean, the hardest thing for me with the Australian Admin Awards was the financial investment. But, you know, it went to my partner at the time and said to him, and he said, you're so passionate. He said, all you do is talk about admins and how amazing they are. He said, you take calls in the middle of the night when someone's lost their job or when their CEO's, you know, just been on the TV because they've been scolded for something. And, you know, you're there cheering them on. You never give up on them because you believe ultimately the value that they bring to a business is so, so important. So for me, I think the second time around, it was a lot easier. Did I make mistakes? Of course I did. We all make mistakes. But it's how you learn from them and pick yourself up. You know, year two into the Australian Admin Awards, I'm certainly going to do things differently. But, you know, I'm not going to kick myself down and say, hey, you did it the wrong way. It's, it's how you pick yourself up. So I think women have got to, we have to support each other, Sandra. And 
you know, as I say, kindness is the currency and it's how we use it in this world. Now, appearance is a big deal for you and I only say that because every time I've seen you, you always look spectacular and it's about having a presence. They've rocked in today, you know, with fabulous red shoes and a black dress and striking black glasses. But in COVID, most of us have gone into relax mode. Where do you sit in that spectrum? Are you managing from home from the waist up? You're looking the goods and from the waist down, maybe not? (laughs) Well, last lockdown, I went into my walking star jumping mode. So I was active wear for three months. I just needed to kind of switch the brain off from the corporate feel. I don't know whether it was the pressures or whatever it was. But yeah, look, I, in 2020, yeah, I was doing the top half and that was it and the bottom half was in the active wear. But now I've actually, I'm not doing much online. I'm back face to face. I, for my personally, I can't do any more Microsoft Teams or Zooms. I'll do it on the one-off. But like, you know, I'm out there again. I love putting on the heels again. Yes, my feet will be sore at the end of the day. (laughs) There's something about that self-confidence again. Well, I was driving either yesterday or the day before, and I'm certain you crossed at the lights in front of me. And I was going to toot, but I thought I'll give you a heart attack and you'll think, who's this mad woman? But you look the goods, you know, you look like a CEO striding across the street. So you honestly believe that you've got to look the part to be the part? I think look the part, but it's the way that you're made to feel. And look, you know, if you had talked to me back in 2018, I wouldn't have understood that. I went through a personal branding journey as well with a stylist and amazing photographer. And I don't do camera well, like camera and me are not friends, but I get better at it. That's why we like podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it was about, you know, when you do as a woman who loves heels, when I put on my heels and my dress, I'm a dress girl. I don't know. I just feel amazing. Makeup and me, makeup and hair. Do I get it right? No. But, you know, it's just that process. And I think it's the habits we create, you know, standing there in the bathroom, blow drying the hair, putting the lipstick on, tying the shoes. So small stillness moments that give us the confidence to go out there and be incredible. Tell us about that process of getting a stylist in and reinventing yourself, as it were. What was that like for you and what what were the biggest lessons you learned? (gasps) Oh, the lady I worked with, Carol, she was incredible. And to be honest, Sandra, I'd never done anything like this before. And I was at a stage understanding who my brand is because your brand does tell a lot about you as a person, you know, your honesty, your authentic, all those kind of things. And I didn't understand the impact of what it would make as me as an individual I think the hardest thing was you know she comes over to your house and she goes through your undie drawer and she's going why are you wearing these undie drawers under <laughs> it's a bit confronting it's very confronting but it's also talking learning about you inside who you are mm. you know what you want to portray yes red is my color when I step out in door 28 I'm reds and my pinks when I'm Australian admin awards I'm a bit more suity so I'm conscious of the audience I'm talking to but it just changes it, people understand you as a human being as well We remove the title and they understand, you know, that changes the conversation. So if I'm sitting down with someone that thinks I'm super scary, if I'm wearing something that we can change the conversation of who I am. So it has been, it's a journey, personal branding. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't click your fingers and you rock up and you feel great in that dress. It's it's everything else you've got to deal with. Do you remember what it was like though when you decided you needed help? What made you come to that conclusion? I didn't have confidence in some areas. And also people didn't think I was real because I'd gone from being an executive assistant, supporting a CEO, just coming out of an incubation in Silicon Valley and then, you know, took the leap of faith, clicking the fingers. Like it seemed like it did happen overnight. And it's like, you know, the doors I was banging on, I wasn't being let in. I couldn't understand why. And it was funny, you know, just doing little twigs to yourself and then the door started opening. It was really weird. But I think in that journey of going through 
you know, I just didn't turn up in front of the camera before at uh, one day. Carol led me through a process and, you know, the conversations that we were having and, and, you know, talking about, you know, V versus around neck, what it does to you. And I know you get it because you're on TV and all of that. And I'd never heard any of this stuff before. It was like, really? And, you know, she talked about the shapes and all of that. It's kind of um, a process. I've worked with the same wardrobe woman at 10 for 30 years and she's one of my best friends. She leads me down a path. I'm, you know, fashion maybe going in a space and I think, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. (laughs) She finds a way for me to be comfortable in that space and I couldn't recommend it enough, you know, really having someone that can help you be objective about who you are and what you look like. I mean, in our business, I've always learned that, you know, people see you before they hear you. So you've got to be comfortable. You've got to make them feel comfortable that you're in their presence. And then in that process, constantly evolve, accepting, you know, that your shape changes or (laughs) things bulge where they shouldn't be bulging, whatever else is going on. But it's a difficult process. Very. And I think turning up to a boardroom now full of men, and I, you know, I don't like that we're still top heavy in the boardroom of men. But turning up, like I, my confidence is just, you know, I'm wearing the right thing. I've got my favourite shoes on, you know, and it just... You own your space. You do. And dressing up doesn't have to be expensive. You know, I can have the Kmart t-shirt on with, you know, my coat, my favourite coach shoes. Like it's just a different, it's the way you may feel. I think that's what so many of the women in small business to medium business and then the executives, you know, they lack. And, you know, we're constantly being push down, push down or crumble to pieces. And as you said before, when someone gives you that negative comment, you adjust or whatever. I hear it all the time. It's so deflating. Yeah. And I think it's that title thing is it constantly gripples at me, frustrates me because it's just a title. You're a human being at the end of the day. So let's talk about who you are. You can be the CEO of anything. You can give yourself whatever name. Like I really want people to focus on what skills they have, what expertise and, you know, what strengths they bring to an organisation to make a difference. Some people turn their nose up at the role or can be judgy about it. And look, I started in television as a production system, which is really, you know, in TV like an EA. And I was to the news director. But uh, so many administrative assistants I know, it's been the launching pad for a career and they never stayed as an EA. Like I never stayed as a production assistant. I discovered the wonderful world of journalism and switched my degree and off I went. But if I hadn't experienced someone hadn't shown that confidence in me and given me a start I wouldn't have opened that door wasn't door 28 at the time (laughs) and you know I wouldn't have got my chance but I didn't know that world so even in that EA circle that I chair there's a number of them that I know won't stay in that position but they found a passion in an industry they love yeah and that's what's happening now also Sandra because we're seeing now is is that you know they get to the pinnacle of their career their CEO Obviously, we'll have a tenure time, they'll leave, they can't go with their CEO, and they look at their skills. So I'm seeing EAs at the top level now going out and doing mini MBAs. They are now moving into project management, change management, innovation. And their the, the employee has supported them in it, so it's been an easy transition. But it's them realising the, all these skills they've got. It's like you, you know, starting off as a reduction assistant. I mean, I was doing a Bachelor of Business by Correspondence, which was just ridiculous because I (laughs) hated it. And, you know, I I literally serendipitously landed in a TV network by accident and then went, wow, I love this. And that's often the case with so many people. You've got to love what you do. Yeah. We spend most of our days there in time. So if you don't love what you do, (laughs) why are you here? Yeah, I know. You talk about your assistant calling herself the chief wrangler. 
you know, we hear executive assistant, C-suite executive assistant, executive business partner. The list goes on and on. 160 job titles in the office administration profession. 160? 160. That says to me people don't know, not their lane, but they're yet to define the role. So the Global Skills Matrix came out last year, um, which was produced by the World Administrators Alliance. And I was fortunate enough to be able to support and advise on that document. It's a valuable document. And, you know, you still look like there's law firms here in Sydney that still have secretaries. What? Yes. So the, the secretaries, the old typist, remember that? How many words did you have per minute? Yeah, I did get to 120. <laughs> but a career in court reporting wasn't my forte. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the challenge again, is, is why do we base who you are on your title? And why do we position you as to the title you're given? Or is it the title you accept when you take the job? That's a conundrum, isn't it? It is. But we are seeing, which I'm so excited about in Australia, we're seeing the shift of the executive assistant to the executive business partner. Mm. And if you look at the two words, executive and assistant, they're on two different levels. But if we use the word executive business partner, they're nearly even. And what's the salary differential in that space? No salary change. You don't change the function or what you're doing day in, day out. Because we're seeing these executive assistants at the high level supporting CEOs, they are business partners. Mm. And you change a title and then you walk into a boardroom and I've got to tell you... The reception changes instantly, doesn't it? Hi, I'm Michelle, the executive business partner. Really? What do you do? Well, same as I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is, you know, we can't deny the top heaviness of men in the workplace still. Mm. Is that the biggest complaint you hear from your colleagues? Yeah, the value piece for me is, you know, the value that they bring. And, you know, that hones it back into the Australian Admin Awards. It's the value piece of what they bring to women, isn't it? I just love what you do and you're so passionate and you're the key champion for whatever that title is. But really what you're encouraging men and women to do who want to pursue a career in the admin space is to find your voice and chart your course but really know what you bring to the table. Yeah. Don't look at the job description. Look at what skills and attributes you can bring to the organisation. And your advice to those that want to chase that career path? I mean, clearly it has to be stay up with tech and that's exhausting just thinking about it. (laughs) I think just go out and do it. Back yourself. Stay in your lane, first of all, be very true to who you are and just go out and do it. And, and it is a candidate's market at the moment. It is going to continue to be that way here in Australia. And, you know, go out there and find your dream. If you want to dream big, play big. If you want to dream small, play small. Okay. I might reconsider my discussion with the boss later today. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Bodich, thanks so much for spending some time with us here at Short Black. You're welcome. Have a great day. You have been listening to Short Black, a Network 10 podcast. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe in your favourite podcast app. Thanks for listening.